0: up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoted rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Welcome to Tuesday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Let's get straight to work today. Uh, Last week, history was made at the World Cup because Stephanie Frappard took charge of a men's World Cup final game it was what was significant about that she was the first woman with the whistle in the middle at a World Cup Finals now that lady has been making progress for a number of years through the upper echelons of football but it was a significant moment for refereeing and for women referees in particular and I'm delighted to say joining me in studio today is one of our top referees she's based here in the Northeast, and it's been a while since we spoke but she came to mind as soon as we saw what was happening on the world stage Sarah Blake-Odice welcome back to Late Lunch
3: thank you very much Sherry thank you here. for
2: joining Well, what what did it mean to you that Stephanie took that game?
3: Oh, it's uh, it's it's very hard to put into words what it means seeing you know another woman at top game. We're so used to just you know it's stereotypical. We we think of men when we think even the word referee, we think we think men. We don't think women. So it's nice to have it now. Changing ever so slightly, but at at the very top, and it'll hopefully filter the whole the whole way down.
2: Ah, that's what we want to happen, and hopefully that is the message that will come from all of this. And th- not one, but three women, the liners as well, our assistant referees, as they know now. We remember them as liners.
1: <laughs>
3: we're
2: all, it was a whole women' team that took the Germany Costa Rica game.
3: Yes, that's right. And uh, to be honest with you, I was surprised myself, I was surprised but delighted to to see a, a full team show. You know, kind of uniformity in that that. Women can take on, on any role and, and do it. Um not only that, I mean there has been women in, in the var room and that as well. So across all the different roles, it's been fantastic to see no matter what part of you know, the team you want to play yes. in can do it. It's there's someone that has done it before and you know mm-hmm. what I mean, hopefully there'll be more.
2: She had a great game as well I Brilliant. have to say hadn't she yes. Do you watch it you know when you I watch the game you know and of course you watch the referees an integral part of it but do you in particular watch the officials Yes <laughs>
3: Yes I I will have to say I think um being a referee has definitely changed the way I watch football whether I like it or not a lot more of my focus watches the referee mm. and the decisions made and their movement and things like that. Things that other people probably wouldn't even consider. I think most referees watch the referee and think, Oh yeah, that's that's where I would have been. Oh yeah, that's that's what I would have done. Yeah. So I mean that game in particular I watched because Stephanie was on it and I was like, OK, I really want to see how, how she's doing, how she's, you know, managing mm. the players and everything. And I thought it was, it was brilliant. She did a great mm. game, yeah.
2: And, and you know, when you see her among, as you say, women among men and, like, these men are going hell for that. There was a key game she had as well. Mm-hmm. From your experience, you know, when you're in that, you know, environment and it's it's heated and every decision, you know, you see the way it's contested and that. Do you ever feel, you know, and you, we're going to talk about you in a moment, do you ever feel like that you don't get the respect that you should have or that a man might get? Have you ever felt that yourself, referee?
3: Um, I will say yes and no. There's it depends. It depends. Sometimes yes, you will get you'll get comments that are very much gender-based mm. uh, because obviously throughout the years there's always been, you know, certain comments made about would a woman know the offside, for example? That that's been kind of one of those comments that's always thrown around, for example. But in saying that, I've seen the same lack of respect for male referees at the same time as well. I don't; mm. it's not always necessarily gender based. You know what I mean? I think there can be just, mm. you know, lack of respect sometimes and frustration, and ev- as you said, everything gets heated, and I think sometimes logic goes out, out the window sometimes. Mm. And but um, yeah, it, it can be tough when you've uh, like I'm only. Five two five three. If you've got six foot men roaring down at you, that's a whole different ball game. You know what I mean? Yes. It's
2: like, yes.
3: <laughs> where have I gone yeah. in the crowd of, of people? You know what I mean? The goalkeepers, the <laughs> centre halves.
2: So you're five two, and you're looking up at six foot six, six foot. I know, I know it's and it's imposing as well. But you're right because the Uruguay match, I'm, I'm sure you saw what happened there, and mm-hmm. that was a man in charge. Those players and officials, they nearly went as to hit that referee, didn't they?
3: Yeah, that's what I mean. And that's like, tensions can rise. And in that, I'm sure they'll look back at it and think, what happened there? Genuinely, I think when all the emotions and everything take over, sometimes people don't even realise how they're acting and what they're doing. Mm. Um, And it just, it goes completely out the window. That like, that was something else altogether yes, that I yes. couldn't believe watching it and it
2: underpins what you said it was regardless of the sex of the referee male or female or whatever that man was in the firing line yep. uh, for sure do you feel that soccer officialdom back referees enough
3: i it again it depends on it depends on the level it depends on the game i don't know at the top level What's done and what's not done. You know mm. what I mean. We can only see what comes out in in media and that. Um, I know here myself a couple of years ago I had an incident and I I was backed. That's one instance. I know other people who wouldn't be very happy with you know how th- how they were backed and how things have happened. I don't. There doesn't seem to be a uniformity on how things are you know dealt with. And I mm. think that's that's the route we're trying to go. That's what we're pushing for. That there is you know a specific amount of discipline. Yes. I don't think we're there quite yet. Okay,
2: and that's why Dublin referees are so unhappy at the moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is still rumbling on there. They withdrew their services. And and here's the thing. There's no matches without the ref.
3: But that's... And that's just it. And that's what everyone needs to understand. Unfortunately, yeah, if we're not there, there, there's no game. No game. Yeah. And, and, And that's what
2: people need to understand. How did you get into this? Remind us again.
3: How did I get into this? Oh, I... Back in 2010... Is when I did my, It was a, actually it would have been December 2010. Um, I always had an interest in football. I grew up playing football. Dad played football mm. locally at a, a high level. Like, And um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I thought, oh, maybe I'll go into coaching. Maybe I'll do something like that. And it just so happened there was a referees course that specific weekend. I was considering all of this. And it was only 50 quid at the time to do it. And I thought, oh, sure, it'll do no harm anyway. Went, did the course. It was a two-day course, Saturday, Sunday, up in Oriel Park. And the following weekend, went out, did a couple of kids games. And that was just it. I thought, oh, this is, yeah, this is for me. And it's just been kind of building and building since. I Mm. never looked back, yeah.
2: And this is what you're at now full time because we know you're talented musically (laughs) as well. But refereeing is now your total focus.
3: This is the main focus, yeah. This is what I put all my time into whether it's games or training mm. like there is a certain level of behind the books as well we need to know the laws at the top level inside and out as well but yeah this is the main the main focus, yeah. and you've
2: been taking charge of very big games yourself recently. Mm-hmm. Tell them what you've been uh, <laughs> up to and officiating at.
3: So, uh, like this year, my main league is is the women's national league in yep. this country at the minute, as well as League of Ireland under nineteen under nineteens games as well. Um, two weeks ago, I did the amateur cup final up above in home farm in Dublin as well. Again, first time a female official has taken on the middle of that as well. So that was that was brilliant. Brilliant yeah. atmosphere and the buzz around it and everything. It's a, it's a big game for, you know, for the lads and for mm. the league. Like So, yeah, that was good to, to get a crack at that as well. Yeah. Do you
2: think women have aspects to the makeup and temperament that suit refereeing, perhaps more than ourselves, the boys, the men?
3: <laughs> That's an, do you know what? Nobody's ever asked me that question before. It's an interesting one. Um, partially, I would say yes. Um, I think Women are less inclined to to fly off the handle emotionally, a bit more composed when things happen and whatever it is, whether we're just used to doing that or whatever. Yeah, you can manage kind of things flying at you from all directions
0: Mm.
3: easily enough um, and stay composed and focus on what am I doing in this moment? Again, I mean, there's men who are just brilliant at it and that's their second nature. Do you know what I mean? But Mm. yeah, there's definitely a temperament thing to consider that might make us say uh, ideal for that role yeah
2: <laughs> Discipline is a huge thing on the field and you're there to maintain discipline and work within the rules as you say of the game as well you know you give a card a yellow card you know when someone's on a yellow I always want to ask a referee this and you know you know if they transgress once more and you have to give that card you know mm-hmm. you saw your man the other night in the World Cup took off the blinking short and mm-hmm. he was sent off because he was on a yellow do you ever just you know take a breath and think oh Sorry, do you ever say that to a player? Look, I'm sorry, I have to give you this, you're off.
3: Yeah, I, I've done it. I've done it with a smile. And, yes. you know, there's times where you're looking at them going, don't do that, please don't, mm. please don't do that, because now I'm going to have to send you off. And we <laughs> all know that you haven't done anything, like, for example, like that when taking the shirt off. Yes. And like that particular one, the referee was was great. He did it with a smile and, and he was kind of like, mm. look, that's it's just one of those things we have to yeah. do. And yeah, you do have that, you know, kind of rapport with the players where you can say to them, you know as well as I do, I don't want to do yes. this, but this is where we are now. You've done that thing. And usually the players are in the same kind of boat. They're like, yeah, mm. it's fine. I'll take it. But yeah, I've often been in a game going, oh, you're, you've are you seen something is about to happen. You know the person's already in the anniversary going, don't no, don't do that Oh they've done it Okay here we go
2: <laughs> I Thank you for answering that Because I often Sat there and thought What is actually Going through the ref's head When that, that is happening The other thing is You know When you're on the field of play How would you describe Your style Because you know There's, there's an authoritarian Type of referee You know that mm-hmm. Just does not much Between Rapport between the ref. And the players. Mm-hmm. There's other referees who, you know, one of the lads or one of the girls, you know, referee in the game. You know, and in between all else, where do you stand on this? Do you like to talk to them and?
3: Yeah, I. I've been told I have quite a relaxed style. I do a lot of talking to players. I do a lot of try to have that rapport with players. I find personally for my game, um, I get a lot more respect from players having that interaction with them and talking to them throughout. I mean, there's moments in the game where you can have a laugh with players and but they also know then when they've crossed the line and I have to do, you know, my job. Um but yeah, I would be more on the let's we're all here to enjoy the game at the end mm. of the day, me included. Mm. So I would be a bit more relaxed in that sense. I like to, to get on with everyone until obviously certain things have to be done and that's just part of the game. That's what we're there for.
2: That's your job. Yeah. On the sideline, on the pitch of the players who are animated enough, on the sideline, you have the coaching staff, mm-hmm. etc. Then you have family members can mm-hmm. be there and then you can have the general public. God, you run the gauntlet of all of those different views on what you're doing?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you, I think you hit a certain point where there's times where I hear comments from spectators and things like that and they do fleetingly go through your mind going what 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 was just said and then it's gone and you you move on I you get to a certain point though where I don't hear any of it I just hear a din of of noise in the background and that's that's it I just carry on I I think once you're in the middle of the field what's on the field in front of you is where your focus is everything else around you turns into background noise once you get to you know that you're used to that uh, Mm. and you have that level of noise yeah I don't even hear it anymore honestly
2: (laughs) Do you ever come off and think that hasn't been a great day or that's been a wonderful day, you know, like like anyone does in their job. We do it here as well. I finish up at Hatswin and think, Oh, it could have been better or you know you know, when you're self critical. Are you like that?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I actually um I don't know how many referees do this, but I actually have a notebook that for myself, after every game, I come away and do a kind of self analysis of was it good, was it bad, was there how did I feel about that decision? Could I have changed anything? You'll always get other people's opinions on top of that as well. But for me, I always come away and and look at my own game and think, yeah, there's certain things. And then next week we'll do that slightly different. We'll we'll try something else. See how d- how that works out. So, yeah, like we're human. At the end of the day, yeah. there's you know we'll, we'll have we'll we will have bad days and yeah, good days. Yeah, you course. know so.
2: Human, that's mm. what it is at times, and at times you can't get everything right, and at times you're on top of it and everything goes smoothly. What about? Have you worked with assessors like that? You know, assessors from the FAI assess you. Mm-hmm. What's that like getting that feedback?
3: I have to say it's very good. We would, especially in the the national, Yes, of we, course we get it, yeah. ass- Almost every week we would mm. be we would be assessed, and it's great because it's it's a discussion and it there's a you know speaking through your rationale for your decisions and it's it's a thinking process you know and it's kind of collaborative with the assessors as well where they give their opinions and and even question you as to well what could you have done differently to to make you think which is always better Mm. because like I said the the self-assessment is essentially the most important part Mm. what you're going to learn from it is what you think and what you're going to bring forward to the next game so I think it's brilliant it's great to have someone else questioning you and pull you up on things mm. and that as well because that's what you need to, to progress and have a better game than the mm. next week, hopefully, anyway. <laughs>
2: what about players acting the maggot as they would say, you know, you know, feigning and, and you know, pretending they're badly hurt.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes, well, look, there's, you get, you get it all the time and usually once you get used to players and stuff as well, like I'm fortunate enough that I'm in regular leagues where you get to know players yes. and you know who's inclined to do these sorts of things I think once you're on top of it and you're close with it you have a good view of it you'll always be able to make Mm. the best call it won't always be right and sometimes sometimes they'll feign something and you know what I mean you'll think they were or whatever Yes. and sometimes the opposite way too but we we just try and that's all you can do (laughs) Yeah.
2: and Var yes or no
3: Mm, No comment on that right, I
4: knew
2: you were going to say that. (laughs) Anyway, wish you well. You're progressing great. You're coming to uh, a real point in your career when you're really motoring up there at the top of the game. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. And Sarah Blake-Odice, I wish you well with your future career. Thanks a million.
3: Thanks, Jerry.
2: She's just released her cracking new album. It's called The Christmas Album. And there's just so many beautiful songs on it and many collaborations too. She's one of her own from the Northeast, from, the most famous musical family for sure. Andrea Carr, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks thanks for joining me today. Well done to you on the album. It's truly beautiful.
5: Thank you. Thanks
2: very much. The songs, uh, some classics, many classics in there and as I mentioned, collaborations. This goes back though, Andrea, to um twenty nineteen, doesn't it? The the sort of the yeah. genesis of this. Tell us about that.
5: Well I I um I sang uh, some Christmas carols at an event, which is the Light Up um, a Life Christmas event, where it's in uh, it's for Our Lady's Hospice and Care Services in Harald's Cross in Dublin. Mm. And you know, I, I, anyway, I was very moved by it. People, you know, you, you sponsor a light in memory of a loved one, and people were holding these lights up to the sky while I was singing. And in some ways you know, I think about, you know, Christmas is all that kind of jolly aspect, but everybody has a poignant and nostalgic and, and memories that are and nostalgia and memories that you know of, of ones that aren't around anymore. And in some ways I found it much more really beautiful to actually to embrace who you know, who we've mm. loved and lost and and what has been and what is no longer. And um I don't know, I found that just really, really beautiful because you know, all of us kind of feel that at Christmas. You know, it can be more poignant for for the things that uh, that we're missing or the people we're missing. So, um, anyway, that inspired us. Then I kind of wanted to make a record of these songs, and and also I I used to love this record back home, and um it, it was the Ray Connors Singers, and on one side of the record it was vinyl, and on one side of the record they had the jolly you know happy Christmas atmosphere, but the other side were, were the carols. And the more reflective um, and and the, the spiritual side of it is is, is kind of is, is definitely an aspect of this record too mm. yeah
2: well, well let's bring you back to those days in Dundalk have a listen to this <laughs> Does that bring you back?
5: It does. I'm actually blushing here because it it really does. I loved it so much. I scratched that record an awful lot. And um, uh, Daddy had a wicked sense of humour and um, knowing how much I loved it and I loved Christmas and Christmas songs, he closed the curtains in July one year and put that record on (laughs) and I thought Santa was coming.
2: He was very bold. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. Yeah.
5: yeah, yeah,
2: and you know, Ray, can have huge uh, act and and personality for years and years. And you mentioned as well because I was reading you all weekend. You're all over the national papers. the 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 vinyl you skippy
5: times. Oh yeah, yeah. It was on the uh, if you move on there a couple of tracks. Um, <laughs> Uh, we Three Kings Yeah here <laughs> we go To rain To rain To rain Yeah
4: So they still skip in my head
2: yeah. Oh isn't that just simply brilliant You <laughs> mentioned your dad there And your mum uh, Dad Jerry and mum Jean Of course yeah. where the music all All came from And you lost your mum in 1999 And then dad in 2015 And I, I wanted to pick something up From um, uh, some of the pieces Over the weekend in the press You, you said that your mum Came back to you when was that when your dad passed away
5: well you know i found i think when you first of all I think you know first of all, I suppose the grief that you didn't let out on the first parent i know that yeah. not losing right and losing when you lose both of your parents well it was definitely my experience that it kind of went double whammy I went back into you know when mammy was not well and 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 passed away so um but the the where I talked about her coming back to me was when I was writing um the memoir I wrote oh yes so i first of all in my first draft she was hardly in it because you know i was 25 when she when she passed away but in the writing of it 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 they they i was getting flashbacks all the time um and there were such beautiful memories in a way i could i felt her presence her her laughter her you know who she actually was rather than the rather than the obviously the sad memories that you get left with at the end mm. but but who she was and and um, that that very much came back to me in the writing uh, writing of it, and to me was probably the greatest gift that I could have gotten from from uh, from exercising myself.
2: Yes. Yeah, it's a it's a lovely book. I recommend it. if you want a nice memoir. It's still available. Barefoot Pilgrimage. Uh, it came out in twenty nineteen as well. That's that's really interesting, and it's funny uh, when your second parent goes, then really the family home and everything is gone, isn't it, Andrea? That's it. You know.
5: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just. Well, first of all, I don't know. House without a mother is—you is, um, yeah. know—your house has changed when you walk walk into your house. <laughs> you know, it's not. Mm. I don't know. A mother is such a big part of wealth. Yes, in, in my story, anyway. Yeah. Um, but yes, it's uh, but it's, it's yeah, it's full full of memories and an awful lot of laughter, which
2: is yeah, I really yeah. be grateful for it. A- absolutely, and yeah, and you have to bring those times to the fore of your thoughts as well by times uh, and yeah, the sadness, yeah. but there is great joy as well. Obviously, Christmas is a touching time for you because I do know, and you've been talking about this as well. You have two lovely children, Jeannie's yeah. ten, and Bretta is eight years of age, and you love them dearly, and they're just developing, as you said, as real characters now, but. Do you think of the children you lost? You had five miscarriages.
5: Yeah. Mm. Oh, what a question. Um I I uh Yeah, I suppose I suppose I do, but mm. I um it's something that I've, you know, I I suppose I've come to terms with and I it just has made me more more grateful for for the children that I do have mm. and that I was blessed enough to 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 actually have two children after all of that. So, um... It only—it only, it probably only makes me more grateful, really.
2: Yes, yes, yeah. indeed, indeed. I, I, on on the, the bright side of things, when you think of home and Dundalk, when you were growing up there with mum and dad and, of course, uh, with Sharon and Caroline and Jim, what, what memories do you have of, you know, celebrating Christmas? I know at home you loved and the musicality and the house and everything around that time, mm. but in Dundalk itself, does anything stick in your mind, Christmas times, growing oh. up in Dundalk?
5: Well, growing up uh growing up well I used to do like <laughs> we do it like a crib walk instead of or a crib crawl. <laughs> 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 Not a pub crawl, a crib crawl. <laughs> um and I used to do that and I m that that was quite a lovely memory when we'd, when we'd go and visit from, from church to church. Yes. Um that was before we got into doing the pub crawl. <laughs> 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 so you did say when I was a child, so um Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah you, you've kind um, cl- you've lovely, lovely lovely memories. I mean yeah. you know people people were you know people put their best face on anyway mm. for Christmas you know.
2: Yeah of course and the lights going on in the town and the the square there and the tree yeah. and all that. I'm sure all that is in your mind as well. God you've coined a new word with me today a crib call. I'm going to write that down a crib, a crib crawl. crawl. Yeah I never heard <laughs> that I one before.
5: <laughs> healthier. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh,
2: what, about, what about, you know, in your own home now with your own children and your husband oh. and, and in the house and that? Have, have you traditions, you know, that you, you carry on each Christmas that you love to do or part and parcel of your celebrations?
5: Yeah, well, I mean the cooking and all of that, yeah. I, I, do, I do find, uh, yes, that, that I, I seem to do what Mammy did mm. when I try. She was amazing at Christmas now. I can't actually I only aspire um but um yeah the baking and um yeah and just all of that let me see we do go to math and mm. um uh what else and the presents and the and yeah. you know the excitement about santa coming of course um yeah
2: yeah, so it's all there and all part and parcel of it. God, the more I'm talking to you about crib crawls and mass and everything, I'm looking at the cars in a different light altogether. I'm joining <laughs> me hands here and I'm I'm saying it. Ad- ad- yeah, 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 I am indeed. But anyway, look, that, that uh, that's part and parcel of you and, and who you are. The thing is, as well, on the music front, I've been saying for years, when are they going to get back together? Because can I let you into a little secret? I'm a big fan and I was in... Uh, as it's known now that was the point I think at the time the night you opened for Celine Dion
5: oh wow so so you're an old man ah stop (laughs)
2: Louise (laughs) cut that line there immediately she's gone she's
5: she's gone gone. well look at I'm mature I am I'm mature I'm mature I'm mature (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah. God, I can't believe that That was, yeah That's quite a long time It's a long ago. time ago, isn't it? Support to Celine Dion Yeah yeah. And, you,
2: kn- really you know I was in the audience Beside these people And, you know I was singing along To your songs And I had a gang of people Who really didn't know you And they were saying to me How do you know all those songs? I said, they are from County Loud Where I'm from And we love them And they're yeah. just brilliant And But that was some night that night uh, That was a great gig
5: Yeah <laughs> Well, memories,
2: memories, memories, and then of course yeah. you've gone on uh, way on to headline yourselves. Yeah. Nobody's ever called me an old man on late lunch. Oh, I'm up so to sorry. This point. And, I I I, I'm long. crestfallen here. I'm absolutely crestfallen. Today. My producer Louise is laughing her head off in there, falling off the chair. See, I'm an old woman. <laughs> well. You're cool. not. You're a young one. You're only forty-eight. In the name of God, you're a whippersnapper. Will you go out of that? And <laughs> Anyways, um, let me ask because I was leading on to something there before you knocked me off my trolley. Um, you are go- you are going to tour I- in New Zealand and Australia? The cars next year, aren't you?
5: Yeah, yeah. We've um, when well, we went out there a couple of weeks ago, which is actually bonkers. We went out for two nights. I'm feeling I still feel a bit all over the place, um, and and did a concert to to announce basically that we're returning. We're Next yes, year.
2: very good. Now, by extension, of course, your fans want to know: Will that lead to you know you performing here in Ireland, in the UK, in Europe down the road? Are there any plans for that?
5: Well, we don't actually have actual plans, but we'll see. We'll yeah. see. It's not like I mean, the, the, the uh, Australia is definitely happening, so. That's, yeah, yes. I can say that's happening.
2: Yes. And I suppose it's you have to manage families and schedules and people are doing their own thing. So that all has yeah. to come together to make it happen. We understand.
5: It is, understand. it is. And, you know, you do have to, I mean, there yeah. was a time in our life where we, that that ate up every single yeah. breathing, sleeping <laughs> moment. And, you know, the thought of going back into that,
2: <laughs> yes, yes, and you see when you get when you get w- yeah when you're oh, getting yeah. on in life, Andrea, when you're getting on in life as well, you like know, it's, it's yes, yeah, it's 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 not as easy. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, you do, of course, oh, you know. do indeed. <laughs> I know. Oh, Jesus, am I going to be hammered over this when I go for a pint with the lads tomorrow night It'll tell me that Andrea caused the first one to put you, Kelly, in your place on the airwaves, and that is for sure. Anyway, (laughs) let's get back. (laughs) <laughs> the album. Let's get back to the album. Look, I said to you at the start, it is truly beautiful. It really is. And how did you, you know, when you see like you have in there, of course, "Let It Snow," uh, "Oh Little Town of Bedlam "Old oh, Holy Night," the the classics in bleak midwinter. How did you, you know, settle on the eleven tracks? Was it was it difficult? Yeah.
5: Well, it wasn't really. I I there, I went for the ones I love, and as you can hear from the way Connaught's "Let It Snow" begins the record, um, um, I. I also like because we're so used to singing these songs. We hope, well, I found myself yes you're singing them, but you're not hearing the lyrics. And the yeah. lyrics of the ones I I chose, I, I find really beautiful. And mm. like particularly, um, particularly in the bleak midwinter, there's just this lovely moment that's much more intimate than any nativity moment you've ever seen. It all seems so distant. Yes, but it's like, but only as mother in her maiden bliss. Worship the beloved with a kiss, and it's just every mother with her newborn child it's mm. like such a i don't know it's just it, to me it's it's really beautiful yeah um, it, it so is. so after songs that you know i I really wanted to sing as well yeah, yeah. you know there they're mm. Some great songs, to sing. Yeah,
2: they're, crack- they're crackers, and, and, and well done, T. You put everything into them. Where's the album available? You know, is it a, a Spotify, uh, online, all that type yeah, of thing? And it's yeah, it's all of those, but it's yes. also
5: on the vinyl, because I was yes. a kind of singers. I was mimicking that. Good. And um, so, and I I, mean, that whole thing of... of I don't know a, a record. I do miss that of the, you know, where you yes. love the sleeves, the artwork, the l- reading the lyrics, the everything on it. Um, so I, it, it is a whole. I don't know. I'm very happy with how this record yes. Is, is yes. looks in every way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So you can get it in your local record store and record stores all across the northeast here, as well as online, as Andrea says. Anyway, we're going to say goodbye to you today and finish out with a track from the album and wish you well with it and have a happy Christmas and all the best for the new year. And I will be there regardless of my age when you return to <laughs> Ireland to perform as the chorus. <laughs> Andrea, thank you for joining me on the show today. Thank we're you very finishing much. with Christmas. many happy returns. Here we go. Bye. Bye
5: i have a blue Christmas without you. I'll be so blue just thinking about you. Decorations of red on a green. Christmas tree won't be the same, dear, if you're not here with me.
6: When those blue
7: snowflakes stop falling,
5: that's when those blue
1: memories start. Do all
5: right with your Christmas of white and blue blue
1: blue Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's time for our two on Tuesday. Two on Tuesday. Playing the songs that just never quite made it to number one. But we were so close. i number one. We were so close. Two on Tuesday. on a Tuesday.
2: My Two on Tuesday today was released on the 2nd of April 2011. It's the intro from the HBO show How to Make It in America. It was a slow burner. It was on the charts in the UK for 10 weeks before it made it to number two. Hello, Black, and I need a dollar on your late lunch this afternoon. Our two on Tuesday, making it two in June 2011. So what kept it off top spot? Well, here it is. Number one was Pitbull and Give Me Everything.
7: Be not working hard.
2: Oh, Louise, you can uh, shove that one in my book. Aloe black all the way. What do you think?
8: I don't think I've ever heard that pit bull before. Have you not? No.
2: Do you like it? Uh...
8: Boom, boom,
2: boom, boom, boom.
8: You know I when think it... it would grow on me, but I don't think I'd be <laughs> playing it again. You know that sort of thing?
2: You know when you'd be in a disco... <laughs> half one or two o'clock in the morning and that going boom, boom. well if you're an old man or an old woman you wouldn't be there anyway you know but uh, you know if you were or when, when you were uh, you do the two step <laughs> I was in short pants when I went to see the course yeah and- yeah
8: yeah yeah <laughs> It really got to you James. I love
2: that I have to say well, <laughs> it's one of those days I'll remember on radio <laughs> I thought
8: it was great because I don't think I think the poor girl said it and then kind of thought that we, didn't we, come out the way I meant to we, it
2: we were out. jesting we were jesting but when you're trained in the uh, at the table in Aircom or P&T with all the you lads there slagging. you have to be able to retort as well that's what it is didn't we get a lovely Christmas card today mm-hmm. didn't we Gorgeous. just Sheila Bailey many happy returns to you happy christmas to you and yours your card is absolutely beautiful sheila we love it look at the horses on the front of it and the the scene it's beautiful thank you we treasure it and it's on display in our office sheila thanks a million up next on late lunch as we move on alana party is joining me and she has a very interesting concept about qr codes Beyond the Grave. My next guest recently graduated with a degree in digital media and marketing and she's come up with a terrific idea that is really gaining traction. Alana Party, welcome to Late Lunch. Hi, how are you? I'm really good. It's great to talk to you this afternoon. I really like this, I have to say. I do. You're onto something really special. This idea of yours, let's step back a little bit. Your Auntie Michelle, tell us about her, please.
6: So, my Auntie Michelle was always a big part of my life when I was a kid. But, unfortunately, she passed away when I was about five or six with cancer. Mm. So, obviously, as any family would be, we were all heartbroken. But we kind of kept her story live within our family by visiting her grave every year for her birthday and her anniversary.
2: Oh, and that's a little bit away from where you live.
6: Yeah, yeah, it's in Donegal and oh. I'd be based in Kildare.
2: <laughs> OK, so it's a bit of a trip, yeah. but meticulously your family, anniversaries and birthdays, remembering Michelle every year. But, there's a but. Yeah. This is what this but leads to you and your idea now.
6: Yeah, so but last year... Um, we were at the grave and my little brother and my sister, they never really got to meet my auntie. So, But they still come every year, of course. So this year I was like, wouldn't it be cool if they could see who my auntie really was, hear her voice, see her dancing and experience the memories that we got to live with her. So I went and I got to work. And because I had a degree in video creation, I made a video of her whole life story. Now, she wasn't alive when social media was a big thing. So I did use tape recorded footage, Mm. but it it still worked perfectly. Um, And then I was thinking, how can I get this onto her grave? And then long story short, this is how I came up with Recapture One. And the feedback has just been incredible.
2: (laughs) Yes, it has. And I ain't surprised, young lady. Recapture One is the name of the business. So for people listening today, you're right. You know, the modern online social media era, there's lots of stuff indeed. You went back to photographs. You went back to voice recordings and videos of Michelle. Yeah,
6: yeah. And Paul a lot more available now
2: yes there is of course yeah but you were able to pull a a, a lovely you know picture of our lifetime together from all that stuff so there you are it is possible from uh, voice recordings and videos and that type of stuff so right you come up with this idea called recapture one tell us how it works in practical sense
6: of course so recapture one is a product a qr coded memorial plaque And we help tell your loved one's life story through pictures and videos and sound. So our plaque helps shows your loved one's personality along with precious moments. And it's just been fabulous to see them dancing for one more time and singing. And so we work with families to gather information, to gather pictures and videos, and then we will take this information and create a life story, which can be attached to your loved one's memorial site, grave, bench, urn, wherever that special place may be.
2: Okay, and the QR code, it, it, do you put it into something in particular? Has the plaque or the little piece to be made of anything? Is it marble? Is it metal? Is it what?
6: It's made of perspex. Okay. And it is quite discreet because obviously we know the grave is a special place um, so we don't want to take away, but it is quite noticeable as well so that you can able to scan it and see the person's whole... Story. Oh,
2: okay, so you fixed this then, as you say, to a headstone, to an urn, to a bench, to a memorial, anything like that, and I come along with my phone then and just scan that and away we go.
6: Yeah, and we have adhesive sticks to the back of it, so it's an easy stick on, stick off.
2: Yes. Now, obviously, uh, people have reacted, as you say, very positively to this, but... Besides that reaction, you entered the Enterprise Ireland Student Awards. And what happened?
6: Yeah. yeah, so this is when I was just first kind of realizing that this would be a really good business idea. Um, I entered the awards and I got into the top 10. And then I ended up winning the Grand Tour and High Achievement Merit Award, which was just, it just blew my mind away. So that kind of got me kickstarted into creating my own business. And I finally have my website up and running now. So.
4: Yeah. Well
2: done to you. And I want to tell listeners there were 5,000 different ideas and applications for that particular award, and you. Came out number one out of all those, and there was some great ones there too. But they picked you, selected you, <laughs> and off you go. So where are you with this now? Who who who's producing the little uh, the QR code uh, things that are fixed to whatever? Where are they being produced, or how does it work as a business?
6: So basically, customers would just have to come onto my website, recapture recaptureone.ie, or else you can find the link on Instagram. You just look up recapture one. You then would create an account, you select the plaque that you wish, we have lots of different colours available, lots of different symbols, you can customise it to your preference, and then you simply upload your photos and videos on that account, and Recapture1 then comes and creates the final video for you, and we've sourced our own manufacturer, so we get the prints sent out to you, maximum 10 days, it's a pretty quick process.
2: <laughs> yes. So it yeah. is simple. It's it. There's nothing complicated with this. You select the plaque to be a, to be fixed to whatever, upload yeah. what you want included on it. Then you do your work, your magic. You bring it all together and put it behind the code, and then it's sent out, is it? And uh, people affix it themselves.
6: Yeah, and we also have an option for it to be password protected. So, for yes. example, like for me, I'd like anyone to see my auntie's memories. But I know from experience and research that. If Some people do like to keep it private. So that is an option as well.
2: Yeah, that's yeah, a
6: very easy process.
2: It's a simple, It sounds really, really straightforward. And that's a very good thing to have it password protected that, you know what I mean? You can then just give it to people you want to actually uh, relive the person's life. All over the country, people have been in touch with you, yes? Yeah,
6: yeah. Even in the UK as well. Oh, outs- outside <laughs> Ireland.
2: Tell me this. How are you fixed? Is there anyone else doing this? Can you, have you a patent or anything on this? Can you keep it to yourself or are you at the whim of somebody else coming in and stealing your idea?
6: Yeah, I have it protected to what I can protect it for. Yes. Um, But yeah, there is another competition out there, but you know, it's a great idea. (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't expect anything else.
2: (laughs) Of course, of course. So you've worked to protect it uh, as much as you can. What does it cost, do you mind me asking?
6: Um, it's 199 for the plaque itself, and then because we host your video on our cloud, it will be a tenner a year. But okay. that's just to keep your memories active.
2: Okay, that's all right. Yeah, so there you yeah. are. That uh, that uh, does everything for that. It's great, isn't it? You're, you're only a youngster finding your way and here you are with your first business up and running. Well done Thank to you. you. Well done. Well, well done. It, it, it's great. And of course, it started with, uh, we have to mention your auntie, Michelle, who you knew as a young child and that as well. And look where, where it's gone from here. Um, so uh, if people, just again, before you finish, remind people where they can check you out once more, please. Of course.
6: So Recapture1 on Instagram. Recapture1.ie on our website. And then if you do have any questions, you can reach out to our Instagram or my name is Alana Party. I have an Instagram account as well. So definitely reach out to us.
2: Certainly. Keeping memories alive in another type of way, it is terrific. I congratulate you on it, and I'm not surprised you won the Grant Thornton Award. Uh, you really are well deserving of it. Recapture One is the name of the business, and Alana, thank you so much for telling your story to us today in Late Lunch. Thanks so much. Not at all. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you. Alana Party there she's just 22 and she's come up with that idea isn't it something else the way technology is now being utilized to revive people's memories keep the memories alive i think it's terrific recapture1.ie is the website recapture1.ie Andy Williams superb what a song timeless at christmas time the most wonderful time of the year
8: so, have you got your tree up then if it's the most wonderful time of the year?
2: Miriam, Pippa, and Ava put it up on Sunday. And where were you? I was there. I got it down from the attic all right. and all the stuff on that and that round <laughs>
3: And
2: I <laughs> let them at it. I worked the tree out for them and let them work it from there. Put the lights on. I, I did. Oh, did you? I put okay. the lights I on. Hate doing that. And then they decorated it lovely. I have three trees, not one tree. Mm. Three. I have two little. I'll tell you the story of this. When my nephew, Liam, died, he was only 19. It's mm. really sad. We were just devastated. I went out to the field near I live and I cut these trees. They're like small trees. They're twigs now. And I cut them the year after he died. He died in October and in Christmas. And every year since, I put those two little trees up in memory of Liam in the Oh, house. that's lovely. And I light them up and put the bar on them. And they're in my front windows of the house to remember them every That's year. Lovely. And I keep them, I take them away and I keep them. And they've little bits broken off them over the years, but they're there every year. So they're my two little trees and we have the main tree as well. So... It's up and, uh, you know, and the crib is up. They, the, the girls put the crib up as well. Very important. We la- the only thing I ever made in my life out of timber, a crib.
8: You made it just I made it myself, yeah. And what about the figurines then? Did you buy them, put we them in? We bought them
2: years ago. Lovely figurines. They're beautiful. So they are. And we put them in and we have the straw and everything. And in. still intact still intact after all these years wow. so it has I made it years and years ago uh, before we moved to the house we live in now in a previous place and uh, we put I put uh, ivy on the top of it and all round it you know to give it yeah. the old look and that as well but the crib is a very important part of our house at Christmas I to time I super
8: glue three heads back on this year. Had you on your yeah.
2: on your figurines?
8: Yeah, keep telling them John the Baptist isn't part of the group. No,
2: no, no, <laughs> definitely not. Please, no, definitely not. That's so they're
8: back up and they're yeah back to normal for the minute.
2: <laughs> Louise, it wouldn't be you <laughs> if, 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 if they didn't lose their heads. <laughs> it certainly wouldn't.
8: That's the only ones that lose their heads. In my house, I tell you.
2: <laughs> anyway to the World Cup Louise Brazil Brazil
8: Yeah, the, they the easy, hammered Korea yeah. last night what they was the really, final
2: score it was 4-1. 4-1 it was 4-0 at halftime it was all over and then they changed the whole team virtually they even changed the keeper I thought it was insulting to Korea but they're a fine side they have lots of great players but you're both through Argentina mm-hmm. play Holland or two play Brazil is they're playing, each, is so they're true. They're playing each other yeah to but you're gonna have one in the semi final mm-hmm. uh, and tonight we'll see Portugal play Switzerland my other team that I picked here in late lunch I think they might not get through Portugal but we'll see yeah I have my doubts about them I really really do I'm not so sure that they'll make it but let's see what happens
8: and do you still like you know aside from the fact that you pick Portugal and Brazil yeah. you're watching all these teams now who yeah. kind of has impressed you
2: well I backed France and I picked France in the Wednesday club oh did you for the bet yeah right. that's who I've picked there but England impressed me England it would not surprise me if England still, if okay. England beat France France is a huge obstacle for them England will win the World Cup Unless Brazil stopped (laughs) or Argentina. Mm -hmm. Ash, it's great. It's getting down to the business end now for sure. And the business continues. Coming up to Christmas, something different. (laughs) Yeah, it's wonderful. And the business continues on Late Lunch. But today, at this time, let's do this.
1: The Late Lunch Artist Artist of the Week.
5: Artist of the Week.
2: The jam are my artists of the Week. And did you know they were very vocal uh, politically through their music? bemoaning the decline of the British Empire. What would they be doing now all these years later? Adopting the Union Jack as an emblem when they performed, and highly critical of the Labour Party, and in particular then Prime Minister Jim Callaghan. So extreme were they in their right-wing tendencies, they became known as the Conservatives. I bet Jacob rees has them top of his Spotify playlist. I jest... I played Eaton Rifles yesterday, their first big hit, making it to number three at a highly competitive time on the UK charts back in 1979. Their next single in 1980 would be their first number one in the UK, uh, a feat achieved more by accident and design. It's a great old story. You see, Dreams of Children was to be the A side of the single, but when it was being pressed and labelled, the A-side became the B-side, with my song from the jam today being promoted and going all the way to the top of the charts. Here it is. I love it.
7: Some people might say my life is in a rut. I'm quite happy with what i People might say that I should strive for more. But I'm so happy I can see the same things happening here today. A show of strength with your voice brigade I'm so happy and you're so kind You want more money across the on To find nuclear for atomic rights And the public gets what the public wants But I want nothing
2: Oh well I remember when it was number one I think I said I'm sure I have that one as well put by somewhere in the attic but you sure, when you're my age Louise you remember all that stuff would not you I was going to
8: say, well, minus stuff, 10 you?
2: when that came out. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was in nappies <laughs> 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 You were a little mod uh, Yes I was that was you know that that music you know that Massive. was the leading into the punkier and all stuff like that it was a rebellious type of stuff you know and it really had its time, but it only... Do they only...
8: do those genres now? Like, you know, when you are grown up, are you a mod? Are you a ska? Are you a rocker? Are you... You mentioned another one there. You, know, you know, there was all those yeah, kind I, of genres. I, I, I don't know whether a, there is anymore.
2: No, no, there's only one genre now. Are you addicted to social media? That's mm-hmm. it. There's no other genres in the world now. Seriously, I, I don't think... There are people who are still, you know... Of an age mods and rockers. Mm. You know what I you know what of I mean? Of
8: an age. God, it's a very age program, That's isn't
2: it? Shocking, <laughs> shocking. I wonder why that is. Andrea Carr hello. Um, <laughs> you stop laughing. You're in there laughing. You're just you're you're on a high altogether. Anyway. <laughs> you're just
8: never expecting that right. <laughs> In fairness, you gave it back. Ah, you thanks,
2: did. thanks. Um the, the the thing is, you make a good point. Are there younger people coming, you know, to or will that revive again, you know, perhaps I,
8: I do think I do see, you know, young guys with the long hair and that, you know, yeah. Rocker style.
2: Mm. You know, and A
8: C D C and all that. But I, I, I don't really you don't see much of the others. No,
2: you? no, you don't. But I think I think in the UK you'd find and definitely in the States you'd find clusters of people who, you know, they're the father, grandfathers, fathers and families may have you know been of that genre and younger mm. people come to it as well. It's perhaps passed on. It uh, was like
8: that. even grown up. and mm. s- You know, the people who follow the Spice Girls, they yes. all dressed in those kind of ways.
2: Yeah, true. So you think that's not a thing of today? I don't know, just, yeah. just
8: came into my head. just
2: never it's noticed. Interesting, something we'll have to come back to on late lunch for sure. But we move on this afternoon with our final break of this Tuesday and uh, today we're heading to St. Mary's Diocesan School just outside Drogheda because the TY team there have come up with a nifty idea in their mini-company project.
8: Going from an old man to a young man.
2: (laughs) I beg your pardon. Sorry, I couldn't resist. I beg your pardon. Hit the break there till I cry. Now we're heading to St. Mary's Diocesan School in Drogheda to talk to some young men about their transition year enterprise mini-company project and it has a lovely ring to the name. It's called Learning Laces. And to tell me more, James Bellew is on the line. Hello, James. Hi, how are you? I'm really good. So what is Learning Laces, please?
7: Well, uh, Learning Laces is a sort of TY enterprise little project we've thought of. And they're these um, little uh, shoes that we've cut out of MDF for teaching children how to tie their laces.
2: Now, here's the thing. I like this idea because all children take time, don't they? Were you the same yourself? Did it take you a while? Can you remember to learn how to tie them?
7: Oh yeah, you know we were all young lads at one point and learning how to tie your laces, and it? it's often a stressful time. And we were thinking, you know, if you can make this a bit of fun with the colourful designs on the on the the little uh, learning laces, um, it could make it a bit easier. Is it true
2: that with a lot of children on average it's nearly five before they can actually tie their laces is that right?
7: I think it is yeah five and six even you know yeah
2: yeah. so it, it takes a bit of time and parents struggle does it matter tying your laces if you're left or right handed?
7: Uh, not that I've found although I'm right handed and I find it um, easy enough but I presume you just tie it the opposite way
2: yes, yes. Um, I
7: might put you on to Dara though actually here for this one because he's actually left handed Is he? Well, hold on
2: a second. Before you do, just tell me this. How does this work? You mentioned MDF and cutting shoes out of it. Explain the ins and outs of it.
7: Ah, yes. Well, we're lucky enough here in St Mary's to have what's called an epilogue laser cutter. So um, uh, we uh, can make the designs on the computer, uh, on the teacher's computer, and then you just send it across to this uh, laser cutter. And then um, it cuts them out for us and then we paint them up and run the laces through. So,
2: And how does it teach the child? Does the child get the pair of shoes? Is that it?
7: Yeah, so there's the, um, the well, we've two pro- product, products actually at the minute. So the first one I think we've sent on to you is a singular shoe that they can kind of tie and practice with that. But then today we've actually put a new one up on Facebook and that has the left and right shoe as well as a little poem about tying laces uh, with the bunny ears and around the tree and that.
2: So how does it teach them? What's the essence of it? How does it teach the child? Is it just practice or what? Or is it easier to tie your shoes? Or is there instructions with it?
7: Well, uh, the one we've put up today there has the instructions on it uh, in the form of a little uh, poem to kind of try and make it as fun as possible. Uh, which can, uh, you know, during an often stressful kind of thing, you're feeling pressured into learning how to tie your laces.
2: So, so the child, and it's in simple language, can read the poem and it's taking them through the process.
7: It is, yeah.
2: Good, I like that. Put me onto the left hander there, Dara Connor, please.
7: I'll throw you onto Dara Connor here now.
2: Yeah, thanks. Hello. Hi, Dara. How are you? I'm good. You're a lefty. Yep. Did you find it more difficult, you know, to tie your laces or to learn to tie your laces?
5: No, I felt it was just as easy to tie my laces as uh, a right-handed. It's pretty much just doing it the opposite way.
2: And are your parents right or left-handed, or those who were teaching you? Uh,
5: Yeah, my mum was left-handed. She was teaching me and Ah. she she just... showed me how
2: to do it Ah you see you're lucky you had a lefty sometimes there are lefties you know what I'm talking about in families all right handed people who have the opposite and and it's not that straightforward what was your role in this mini company?
5: Uh, My role was mostly painting the boards of MDF so uh, it could go through the printer then
2: OK, so that's what you were involved sort of in the painting production end of things. So it's cut out, as it uh, was explained a moment ago there, by James, by by computer and then by machine. And you were doing the painting and that type of stuff. Do they come in all type of colours?
5: Yeah, you can get red, blue, you could get the small shoes, you could get pink, green and yellow. And you could get different outlines on them as well.
2: Okay, so you have a range of colors there available, and yes. um so that's your end of things on the production. Is Donica Heavey there? I better have a, a say hello to him. He's beside yeah, you, I'm is he on
6: from thanks there, a million yeah,
2: yeah thanks. Hello, Donica. How are you? I'm good. What's your job in this company? Is it a big role you have? Is there a big salary with it?
4: <laughs> no, but uh, I was kind of like Sarah. I was doing a bit of painting, I was also doing a bit of drying because we wanted to dry them as quick as possible, and they we were outlining also that um, on the outlines of the smaller ones we use marker to make it look a bit more colourful
2: yeah so again just to remind us you've now added this feature to it because this is in the process we're talking to you as you're only developing this this is part of your year project as well this little po- poem with it as well is, is a significant development when you get the shoes in teaching
4: yeah because like there's there's loads of nursery rhymes going around about uh, like little fun ways to help learn Your shoes, and as James said, it is a stressful kind of thing to learn, so it's good to make it a bit more fun and colorful and yeah, like a happy experience rather than like being pressured into it.
2: I understand, so uh, and it's routine as well by practicing and practicing, you get to know it. That's what it's all about. And and could you take it that a child getting you a set of your shoes with the nursery rhyme and that, and if they stick with that for a while, they will learn to tie their shoelaces?
4: Yeah, like if you keep going at it, say. I mean, with a bit of encouragement from yeah. the parents, like, yeah. Hey, oh yeah, would you, would you go around that again, try that again, and yeah. keep going and going. And then even if they have younger siblings, then pass it on down to them and help them learn the same way.
2: Okay, so everybody's saying, well, why wouldn't we do this just with an ordinary pair of shoes? What's, what mm-hmm. differ- uh, differentiates what you guys are doing?
4: It's like, this is different because, say, if they're in, say, a strap shoe now, yeah. they can keep them same shoes. And learn and make sure they've mastered how to tie the shoe before you then go out and buy, say, a bit more of an expensive pair of like lace shoes.
2: Yes. I have you now You answered that so well And explained it You're right Smaller children generally Don't do the laces Till the time But this is preparing them For for it Colourful shoes With the little instruction As well And uh, away they go So how uh, How how are you going to uh, Promote this Market it Sell it What's the story
4: uh, We actually have a Facebook page Just learning laces On Facebook I'm actually going to Throw you back to James Because he, he's running The whole thing so he, He's the
2: idea. MD Good to talk to you Donica Thank you Yeah James? Yes? You're the boss.
7: (laughs) At the minute, (laughs) anyway. That's what they're going to tell you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, where to pin? Remind us again. You have, is it a Facebook page that was mentioned there, Learning Laces? If anyone wants to find out more, yeah?
7: Yeah, so on Learning Laces, we've got uh, our Facebook page, we've got pictures of the actual product. And um, there you can also direct message us and uh, order. your your own learning laces board or the individual shoe.
2: Good man. So uh, a project for the year in T.Y. You're enjoying this transition year?
7: Oh yeah, it's great. You know, um, Miss Curtis here, the T.Y. coordinator, is running um, a great sort of, um, a great um, year and it's very interesting. And then Miss Crawley, our enterprise teacher, who actually got us entered into doing this, you know, Of ideas of what we could
2: do. Great stuff. She's brilliant, Rosine Curtis. She really is. Wish you well with learning laces. Check them out. Thank you, boys, for joining me. Thank you very much for having us. Not at all. Take care of yourselves. Young people with ideas, they're fantastic preparing themselves for life and work and study and everything beyond. Well done to them. Tomorrow on Late Lunch, Trevor Burney is with me. He's the man behind the Quinn documentary you may have watched on TV recently and he's now published the book. Lisa Smith is here, fashionista extraordinaire, Dr Kate McCann on staying healthy in the holiday season and we have more young entrepreneurs. The Burke children are joining us tomorrow. Paul McCann is coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. Have a nice Tuesday evening. We'll see you tomorrow, one thirty.